How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm a little late here for a little UFC 281 breakdown, but we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. And while we're doing that, uh, after we do that, we got PFL championships that happened uh, last night. So we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about that as well. Should be a fun episode. Got a little little crown apple going here. It's a holiday weekend. Watching the Alabama versus Auburn game. Watched Michigan just beat the piss. The absolute piss out of Ohio State. So that was fun. But hey, we got some UFC action to and uh, just MMA world action in general to attend to. So let's just get started, guys. UFC 281 was an absolutely nutty card. We had seven knockouts, four submissions, seven first round finishes. I mean, just absolute chaos. Only three decisions total through the whole card. Three. Sometimes there's three just on the main card. By the way, there were zero decisions on that main card. An absolutely just crazy, crazy card. Remember how fast it was going through? It was like 7.15 and there was one fight left on the on the prelims and they were just they were delaying that as long as they could uh crazy stuff but as far as knockouts we had carlos olberg we had mike trezano uh matt frivola ryan span and how good did ryan span look guys dan hooker chris gutierrez with that knockout of frankie edgar absolutely insane and alex Pereira in the main event finishing up the ko's uh, for submissions, we had Hanato Moyakano, Aaron Blanchfield, who just absolutely demolished Molly McCann. Dustin Poirier and Zhang Wei Li for a total of four submissions. Decision wins. Even the decisions were good. We had Jul- uh, Julio Arce and Montel Jackson. That was a fun fight. Uh, Carolina Kulkevich versus Sylvia... Gomez Juarez and Andre Petroski versus Wellington Terman. And honestly, that Carolina fight was probably the most boring fight of the whole card. And it wasn't even that bad. It was it was competitive. It was back and forth. It was a fun fight, split decision. I completely forgot. It was two weeks ago now, so and I was drinking during it, and I'm drinking now. So it, I completely forgot that that whole Carolina uh Kolakevich and um Sylvia Gomez uh Gomez Juarez fight had that whole the they came the judges gave Bruce the scorecards and then the athletic commission came in and changed the scorecards. I still I still don't know what happened there. I don't even know if they if they've addressed that like at all. What what that was? Did they did maybe the judge thought the red corner was somebody else where they thought Carolina was uh was um gomez or i don't know what that was but that was definitely a weird situation if that would have happened in the main or co-main event that would have been a huge talking point but luckily it was just on the prelims uh for the athletic commission's stake but that was so crazy and then the first round finishes we had chris gutierrez with that nasty knockout Hinato moyakano with that submission Man, Hanato was just on a different level. He demolished Brad Riddell on the feet and then finished him with that submission. Crazy stuff. Ryan 
ban with that first round knockout of Dominic Reyes. Man, that was a violent knockout. I like to categorize knockouts in kind of two separate categories. There's knockouts you see and you're and you get excited, you jump up and you're like, "Oh my god, holy shit." Like what what's one you could you could say that like Izzy versus like Derek Brunson. Like he's out, but he's not out completely cold or Man, what would be another one? I don't know. One, one's like that to where they're not completely flatlined. And then there's a knockout like like that one. Ryan Spann knocking out Dominic Reyes to where you get excited for a second, but then you immediately are like, oh, like, like you kind of cringe a little bit. Knockouts like the Terry Adam and Edson Barbosa. Um, knockouts like... The the best example of that would be um, Ben Askren and uh, Jorge Masvidal, to where obviously you get excited because it's a big knockout, but it's also like, tough man, that doesn't. Oh, Tony Ferguson and Michael Chandler, that was another one where you just Oof. cringe, man. Uh, but yeah, Ryan Spann with that first round knockout, Aaron Blanchfield with a first round submission win over Molly McCann, just put her in that crucifix for like two and a half minutes, just put a beat down on her. Matt Favola with a big knockout, Mike Trezano with a big knockout. Unfortunately, he missed weight, but it is what it is, you know. Carlos Olberg, who just had a flawless, flawless, flawless performance in that fight. Ab- I mean. The fight wasn't even wasn't even close. Let's get to a little bit of the breakdowns of uh, little little breakdowns of these fights. I'm just gonna do the 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 feature bout co-main and main event. You probably don't want to hear the whole card two weeks later. But I mean, Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler, as advertised. Michael Chandler always, always, always delivers. If you're if you're tuning in to a Michael Michael Chandler fight. You're not going to be disappointed. You could put that guy at the main event for any any pay per view that is not uh, like let's say it's like the uh, the last Nate Diaz fight that was a pay per view. If you put Michael Chandler in there, I mean that's still an exciting main event. Um, but always delivers in every one of his fights. I mean, really had Dustin hurt. Michael Chandler throws bombs, bombs. For the first three minutes of every fight he's been in. He was going in there trying to take Dustin Poirier's head off. And man, he was close. He really, really had Dustin Poirier hurt in that first round. But Dustin came back. His boxing... His his, his skill of boxing is too good for Michael Chandler's. If Because if Michael catches you, you're going to get hurt. There's no question about it. But Dustin Poirier was able... He's a veteran... In the UFC, I know Chandler's also a veteran, a veteran in the sport, but a veteran in the UFC, he's fought the who's who, everybody in there, so he's he always stays composed. Was able to recover, get the clinch going, clinch game going a little bit, recovered, and then just used that beautiful boxing technique. Hurt Michael Chandler back, um, ended up on top at the end of the first round, and then the second round comes out. Michael Chandler comes out, goes for that takedown. Poirier just not able to... 
What am I talking about? <laughs> Michael Chandler shoots for that takedown. Kind of gets it. Poirier reverses position. Able was able to get his back and choke him in that, in that second round. Beautiful, beautiful finish uh, there for Dustin Poirier. And he just, just proves yet again why he's he's at the top of that division. He's just hit a different level. After that Connor fight, I think people have really seen what Dustin Poirier is made out of. And I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to see it. The question lies for Dustin Poirier, though, is, you know, what's next for him? You know, who's he fight next? I don't. He's not going to fight Conor again. He's beat him twice in a row. I know. I know the last Conor fight obviously didn't end the way everybody wanted it to, but I mean, he was he was beating him up there in that first round before he broke his leg. You got Islam Makachev fighting Alexander Volkanovsky, so they're not going to fight for a while. Um. But if you want to look at somebody who did the best against Habib, it's probably Dustin Poirier. That guillotine he had in that, was it the first or second round? I don't know. I remember when the fight was finished. But he had that guillotine on Habib that was really close to being sunk in and finishing Habib. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Dustin Poirier versus Islam Makachev. Um, if Islam can get past Alexander Volkanovsky, you know, that's a whole different conversation for a different day. But personally, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. I think that's a great matchup for him. Not, I mean, not, not a great matchup for him. Islam Makachev isn't a good matchup for, for anybody. But I'd like I'd like to see it. Dustin's definitely proven himself. So I don't think he's lost a fight since he lost to Habib. I mean, who's he beat? He's beat Connor twice. Is that it? That might be it. Connor twice and then... No, he did lose. He lost to Charles. I completely forgot he fought for a title against Charles Oliveira. But I would still like to see it. I would definitely still like to see it. And Carla is Sparza versus Zhang Weili. Listen, man, no one rooted for Carla more than I did. I mean, definitely nobody was rooting for Carla after that last performance. But I, I, I really think she's an underrated fighter, man. She gets a bad rap for not being super exciting. She's a wrestler. She doesn't really do a, a whole lot of damage on the ground. And honestly, she doesn't really look for submissions as much as I... Th- I mean, she has an opportunity for submissions, She, I, I think, and doesn't really take them like she should. I know she's not super exciting, but I, she, she's just hated. She's the most overhated fighter in UFC history in my opinion but man Zhang Wei Li was just too much for that girl I thought any I thought not just me but a lot of people thought as well Carla would have the advantage if she was able to get in those chain wrestling exchanges and and she didn't she did for the most part but once she got her to the ground she really wasn't able to do much. She'd get her to the ground and not really be able to control her, and Wei Lee would be able to wiggle out and get in a better position or wiggle out and be able to uh, stand up and strike with her. And Wei Lee in that second round ended up getting her in a bad position after Carla shot for a takedown and submitting her. And that was a crazy submission. She had her in like a... In like a crucifix, but not mounted. It almost looked like when I don't, I don't know if you young kids would know this one, but when Gary Goodridge elbowed that dude multiple times, um, when he had him like Gary's on his back and 
he has them in not a mounted crucifix, but just a just a regular crucifix. She had him like had her like that, and ended up. I think it was a rear naked choke finish. Um, but I was I was really surprised that Whaley was able to is is that good on the ground as well, and that just shows you how scary Whaley is. And I don't know who's who's going to beat her. I mean, you could put Rose in there against her now, I guess. Rose has beat her twice, knocked her out. Um, once and then went to a decision with her the second time but i mean way lee looks like she's just on a new level maybe it's just because she fought carla and carla's not really better than rose and rose just fought a weird fight um who really knows man we'll have to see but i wouldn't i'd pay to see carla ver- um sorry rose versus uh jean way lee again sign me up those two fights were great those two fights were awesome but man i don't think I, we've ever seen more, a more explosive fighter in the in the UFC than Zhang Weili. It's it's at least been a long time. I mean, n- names that come to mind are he. She's kind of like a like a Jose like a Jose Aldo, or like as far as explosiveness, uh, Edson Barboza. Um, she's just she is so strong for the weight class. I don't I don't know. Maybe Tatiana Suarez gets in there and is able to you know, out muscle her, but I don't know if Tatiana Suarez is ever going to come back. I know she's had some neck problems. She's been out for, I think three years now. So, but I would love to see that fight as well, but I don't know who's gonna, I don't know who's going to beat that girl. Now she just seems like she's hit a different level. Uh, but anyway, Hey, that the main event, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. Woo. What an intense, intense fight that was. Izzy had him hurt real bad in that first round. If there's 10, 15 seconds left in that first round, even less maybe, left in that first round, Adesanya gets out of there with a first-round finish. He hit him with a beautiful hook, a right-hand and then the bell sounded, and Alex Pereira was real hurt. He went back to the corner, wobbly. They got him sat down, put ice on his head, put water on him. I mean, they were trying to. He was basically out. And then second round was a fun point fight and matchup. And then that third round was where you really saw Izzy um, get him to the mat and out wrestle him and out grapple him. I mean, I would have would have liked to see more of that, but he was having a real real tough time getting Alex to um, any sort of bad compromising position uh, to the ground Um, or even engaging in any any of those wrestling exchanges. I mean, Alex Pereira is just so, so big. I don't know if you saw or Robert Whitaker said about him, but he's like, it's a big fella, ain't he? he? He really is a big fella. I have no idea how he makes 185 pounds, and he doesn't even really look that sunken in when he does make 185 pounds but i know everyone saw that picture of him i think it was like four months out from the fight and he was like 226 pounds i mean that's heavyweight that's 20 that's 20 pounds above the light heavyweight limit it's a big dude um i know izzy said that he did hurt that like perennial nerve that's in the back of his in the back of your leg there it gives you that drop foot that you saw like jimmy crute had it really bad uh henry cejudo had it bad brent Primus gave it to michael chandler over in bellator he said he hurt that and he was having trouble 
uh, like planting his feet. He wasn't able to to get those takedowns, and he said he wasn't really able to use his use like he used a lot of distance. He wasn't able to move in and out as quickly as he wanted to, which could honestly could have played a big factor in what we saw because uh, Pereira was doing a really good job getting um, Israel Adesanya's back to the cage. And Izzy was having a hard time uh, circling out and trying to get back to the center. Yeah, but so that could that could have played a huge factor in it. But man, that left hook for Pereira is just money. He's landed it on he landed it on Izzy in in kickboxing. He landed it on that one guy when he was fighting over in LFA. He landed it on Sean Strickland and. Landed it again on Izzy here at UFC 281. And, I mean, that dude is terrifying. That dude is terrifying. But seeing how his wrestling is, if he if you get him in there versus a wrestler, you get him in there versus a guy that can grapple, you get him in there versus a Marvin Vittori, um, you get him in there versus Robert Whitaker, and he's able to wrestle him the way he wants to. Uh, you, even Hamzat Shmaev. I mean, I don't know if they're going to give Hamzat a title shot, but Hamzat seems real eager to be fighting Alex Pereira. He's probably see something. I mean, he's probably just clamoring for a title shot, but he probably, I mean, as a, as as a good of a wrestler as he is, he probably sees something in Alex Pereira that he can take advantage of. Because if he can get him to the ground, if Izzy can get him to the ground that easy, just think of what Hamzat can do. But I, I don't know how big Alex Pereira would look next to Hamzat because Hamzat's big but Pereira's almost a heavyweight with how big he is it's such a huge advantage at 185 he made I mean Izzy's a pretty big dude and he didn't make Izzy look small but he was definitely bigger than Izzy but I mean I would like to see what happens next they probably go for a rematch it's probably smart for Pereira give him a little more time to to work on those, you know, more foundational mixed martial arts stuff other than just the, the defense, the takedown defense. I saw he got his brown belt, though. That's super interesting. I mean, maybe he w- he just wasn't preparing for, um, you know, a grappling matchup. That, that could be it. And wasn't doing a lot of the, the, the you know, jiu-jitsu and wrestling stuff. But who knows, man? Who knows, maybe he does better if he's uh, prepared for it. So we'll have to see, but hats off to Alex Pereira. Just an absolute incredible incredible performance, really, for both guys. All right, that's it for, that's it for UFC 281, guys. Last night, I don't know if you guys watched, but I did because I'm a little bit of a junkie. Uh, watched the PFL Championships. They had some interesting fights there in the prelims as well. We had Marlon Marias fighting. And uh, he fought Shaman Marias, and unfortunately, Marlon lost again. Uh, third round TKO. Uh, he looked fantastic in those first two rounds, using a lot of wrestling. He was throwing some overhand rights and doing some like kind of like high ankle picks on him, and and doing some nice trips. Um, um, throwing after throwing those overhand rights, and was able to control Shaman Marias on the ground and win some striking exchanges as well there in those first two rounds but just got caught by a big right hand it seems kind of like the story of the last you know few years after he lost to henry cejudo uh for marlon marias just shit luck man well the pfl season's over so 
hopefully Marlon take because he didn't really take a whole lot of time off between that and the uh, Song Yudong fight. That was only probably what five months or so. I don't really remember. And he got he got KO'd pretty bad in that fight. So I'd like to see him take some more time off, take you know five you know six seven eight months off, and then you know get right back into it and see what he can do over in the PFL. I'm excited he's over there. He's fighting at 145 instead of 135, and he's a really strong dude. So I'm I'm excited to see him go up in weight classes. Maybe that had something to do with it as well, cutting a bunch of weight, maybe a little too dehydrated to be fighting. I don't know. I don't know the guy, but hey. Congratulations, Marlon, to just you know being over, over there. I know he decided to retire after he lost to Song Yudong, so hopefully, hopefully he still wants to fight. So we'll see what happens. And then we had uh, Nathan Schultz defeated Jeremy Stevens with a super nice submission. Just beat the brakes off of Jeremy Stevens. I didn't get to watch that one. I was, I didn't, I didn't know it. The card had started yet, but I saw a little bit of the highlights from it. And man, Jeremy just got. The break speed off of him in that one. And then our first championship fight of the evening. A name you guys also might know. Former UFC fighter Rob Wilkinson defeats Omar Akhmadov um, via knockout to win the PFL Light Heavyweight Championship. Um, And all the fighters receive um, not just the title for the year, but a million dollar payday so that's awesome um if that name robert wilkinson sounds familiar to you i believe that was israel adesanya's first fight in the ufc at least first or second fight i believe in the ufc so congratulations to rob wilkinson had a fantastic performance man looked looked really good and for the welterweight title we had uh Sadabu C, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, um, defeated Dylan Taylor via decision to win the welterweight title. Um, Dylan Taylor was the gentleman who knocked out Roy McDonald in the semifinal round. So a really explosive guy. It was definitely an interesting fight. Um, C has super long, tall, almost didn't make weight. He's a really big dude to be fighting at 170 pounds. So... Congratulations to that gentleman. And another UFC better, uh, veteran, Olivia Aubon, Olivier, excuse me, Olivier Aubon Mercier defeated Stevie Ray via first round knockout. A guy known for his submissions got a clean knockout through a big overhand right um, against Stevie Ray. He was actually in bad position in that first round as well. He was looking for the uh, takedown, and Stevie just had his back for a few minutes there. And uh, almost like a few, probably 30 seconds after they got up through that big overhand right and finished the fight. So congratulations to Olivier Aubon Mercier. He wins the lightweight title. And then a non-title fight was on the card as well, on the main card, was Aspen Ladd versus Julia Budd. Aspen Ladd, famous in the UFC for missing weight at 130. I think she was fighting at 135 in the UFC. And then, of course, Julia Budd was um, world champion over in Bellator before Cyborg came into the picture. Uh, They fought at 145 pounds, though, for Ladd. She made weight easy, which is good. I'm glad to see that. And uh, she defeated, defeated Julia Budd. Uh, via decision so that was it was actually a pretty good fight Aspen looked great and then I 
for the heavyweight title, I apologize if I mispronounce these names. I don't watch it, you know, almost all year, so I try to learn it last night and today as well. We had um, Ante Delaja De defeated Matthias Shereffi, Shereffel for the uh, heavyweight title there via knockout. Um, Ante is the protege of famed Mirko Krokop. I think all of us are going to know that name. Um, called him right after the fight uh, for his, you know, you know, congratulations there. That was nice to see. I always love seeing Mirko fight uh, Mirko in the MMA picture. It's fun to watch. Fun to watch. It was always fun watching that dude growing up. Scary, scary dude. And then we had, again, I apologize if I mispronounce these names. Brendan Legermain, Lottomain, defeated Bubba Jenkins via knockout to win the featherweight world title. Brendan was the he he was on the Dana White's Contender Series in, back in 2019. I think a little bit of MMA controversy happened to where he was dominating the fight. I mean, his record's like 24 and six. The dude's really good. But he was dominating his fight, won his fight, but Dana decided not to give him a contract because he shot for a takedown in the third round, and he thought he was coasting. And some people were upset about that, but, hey, man, he he knocked out Bubba Jenkins to win the featherweight world title and a million-dollar prize there. Uh, So, hey, nothing to complain about there. It's a tough way to... Tough way to not make the UFC, but it's a pretty good way to win the PFL, in my opinion. So congratulations to that gentleman as well. And then a shock to a lot of people, but not to all. Larissa Pacheco defeats Kayla Harrison to win the Women's Lightweight Championship in the million dollars in the PFL Championship main event. She did... The rounds Kayla won were close. The rounds Larissa won... We're not close, at least in my, for the most part, in my opinion. I mean, she is so strong, and I mean, I like Kayla Harrison. I do. She really hadn't fought anyone that tough. She'd fought her before, I think, twice, and those are Larissa's only losses, but they were grueling fights, and Kayla Harrison is relatively new to MMA. I want to say she's had nine or ten fights. So, I mean, she really hadn't had, hasn't had that many fights, but she's really not fighting any high-level competition, so it's not helping her improve. And I don't I don't know what her situation is, where she trains at. I don't know if they give her easy... You know, I don't I don't know if she's at a big gym or a small gym, because I, I, for some reason I thought she was at um, American Top Team, but I don't think she is, so I don't... I don't know where... Where she, you know where she's training? I don't know if she's getting good training in, or if she's just getting told she's the best in the world because she is the two-time defending champion and is the only one that fights with a name at a, at 155 pounds for women. So you know, I don't, I don't really know, but I, I think that might be. Oh, let's get this covered before we leave. Um, Yuri Prohatska tearing his shoulder and pulling out of UFC 282 next month. And instead of giving Glover a shot, I guess Glover wanted another month um, fighting and to fight in Brazil and wasn't going to didn't want to fight this card and said he would fight either on or 
um, Jan, uh, Jan Blahovitz. But the UFC said no, and now our main event for UFC 282 is Jan Blahovitz versus Mag- uh, Magomed Ankalaev. And hey, I'll tell you, I know, I know Magomed Ankalaev isn't a huge name, but that dude is fun to watch. That knockout of Ion Kutaleba is nasty. It is nasty. Is that who he fought? I could be wrong. I don't know. We're going to go with that. But it was nasty. The dude has really good kickboxing. He hits really, really hard. Big, big old Russian fella versus a big old Polish fella. I mean, sign me up. It's not as exciting as Yuri Prochatska versus Glover Teixeira, too. I mean, after that first fight, I think everybody wants to see them fight again. But, hey, we'll take what we can get. We will take what we can get. I'm not a I'm not a guy to complain. Okay. I'm not a complainer. But apparently that that shoulder injury to Yuri Prohatska, um, from what Dana White was saying is the do- the doctor said it's the one of the it's the worst injury to a shoulder that they have ever seen out of any of the fighters that have fought in the UFC. So it's it, it is really a serious injury. And he vacated his title because it's gonna be a long time before he's back. And hey, hopefully a speedy recovery to the guy because I love watching that dude fight. That dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish anyone to fight that guy. He looks like a psycho. He trains like a psycho, and he hits so hard. I mean, when he kicked Dominic Reyes in the body and left a whole footprint, a red footprint in the side of him. That's that's stuff of nightmares right there. Absolutely, but hey, devastating for the guy. I wish him well. I wish him a good recovery. And that's going to be it for me today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I I really do appreciate each and every one of you that listen. I try to say that at the end of every episode. I know I don't have a lot of listeners. I mean, maybe 20. I have no followers. I do this for fun. I love it. I really do. I love talking about fights. It's my favorite thing in the world. I'm absolutely passionate about it. And if you guys take 10 minutes to listen, the, we're listening to the whole thing. I, I really do appreciate you guys. That's going to be it for me today, guys. Thank you so much. Take care and have a good Saturday.